0: book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com that's join m-i-d-i.com
1: what is going on everyone welcome to another episode of conspiracy or just a coincidence i am jack allen first go follow me at Kojak podcast if you are not following me yet maybe you just found me after i had the nick hinton on the show last night got a few new followers from from that so i hope uh so, if you're new there at cojac at cojack podcast, and that stands for, if you didn't know, conspiracy or just a coincidence. And I am Jack Allen. Everybody, you want to support the show? I've got a few different options you can support it. Um, I, I have a Patreon and a Venmo and all that stuff. And my at podcast is the Venmo conspiracy or just a coincidence is the Patreon. And David, Robert, thank you for coming. Can you guys hear me okay? Um, just I, my, I'm, I don't know. I'm just worried like yesterday. So I had this great show with Nick. David was there. He's a, he's such a he's such a rock star. But, um, and so I, on StreamYard where I record, you get 50 hours. Skeptic, what's up? Can you guys hear me okay? Just sorry to ask again, but I'm just worried. Does it sound all right? But uh, if you could just put in the chat, if you can hear me okay. But so I, yeah, you get like 50 hours of recorded time, and I always, uh, perfect, thank you, David. And it always, um, I always like I'll delete the ones with with guests on, but I never the ones my shows I have because I always worry like if I get kicked off somewhere, I have all the, uh, perfect, perfect, thank you guys. But I always so I'll save mine, so I, I'm always at like 46, 47 hours, and then I'll delete, and then you know I got. And last night, so I, I was so excited to have Nick on the show, Colorado Dank, dude, what's up? If you guys aren't following Colorado Dank, dude, put your uh, handle in the, for your Instagram handle. Cause I forget he is an awesome guy on the occult. So go follow him if you're not brilliant guy. Um, but so yeah, so I, Nick show, I was so happy. I was like nervous, excited. My wife was in the other room listening. She was like, Oh, was so good. I go to publish a show. And because I didn't delete the last episode, StreamYard wouldn't allow me to record the episode. So then I was like, all right, well, all right. You know, I'm freaking out because Nick said something about a lot of ambulances r- being a reason of some, you know what? And I'm like, oh shit, YouTube is going to take this off. I have to get this done. Oh, thanks. So Colorado Dank, just so you, got, you guys seriously go follow them if you're not. It's Colorado underscore Dank 99. Hell yeah. Skeptic. I did. I hit back today, you know, and also all I do the laundry. I'm the laundry man at the house and I haven't folded anything. Traps are the new abs, (laughs) but yeah, so it didn't record. So I'm freaking out. You're not freaking out, but I'm very nervous. And so I say, okay, I will play it off my computer. It'll catch my microphone. Fine. It's an hour. I'll just, we'll just be silent. And so, you know, I do it for 40 minutes and I was so, my, my house is so creaky, even though it's a new house, it wakes up my dog. If you go to the bed at four in the morning, if you go to the bathroom at four in the morning, which I do, I have like a horrible bladder. I try to walk like a, like, and it the whole house, even though it's a, it's a new house, two or three years old, it's like, no matter where you go. And so, but I, I so I'm just sitting because I got stuck just sitting on the toilet. As many, you know, men do this. This is our peace time time where you can be left alone. You can close the door. And so I'm listening to it. I'm like, all right, great. It's going to work. I come in at 40 minutes. The show's going to be done. And none of that worked. So now I'm freaking out even more. I tried a YouTube to MP3 converter, which I used to do. I'm sure you guys are older. You guys remember stealing YouTube songs and putting them on your iPod. But so I try that. Fails. Now I'm freaking out even more. So I, I had to set up my phone and So if you guys didn't hear the Nick Hinton episode last night, check it out. He's a brilliant guy and it was a great show, but the quality is ah, because I had to play it off of a Bluetooth speaker onto the microphone, but luckily it all worked out. So today I'm recording in three places. So this never happens again, but dude, I was so angry. I was up till 1140 doing this. And you got, if you guys don't know, I'm in bed by 1030, dude, if I'm pat, I'll get grumpy. And if I don't get my, cause I got to get up at five for Charlie, my dog, who just wants to bark. And and this is the thing too. He'll bark. I get up, live. She can sleep through anything. She doesn't hear it. So I get up being the loving husband I am. And, and then he'll start yawning and stretching. I'll have to carry him down the stairs. And then I'm always saying, Charlie, why did you wake me up? If you don't want to go to the bathroom? But uh, it was just so stressful. So Jeremy was there last night. Jeremy, you should, I, you would, and Colorado Dank, you would have a great conversation with Nick Hinton too. But, um, and and a skeptic as well. But, um, Jeremy Crow, you, you would love talk. You guys would have a lot to talk about, Jeremy. And I think you could push back on certain things. So definitely go follow him, Jeremy, if you're not. And I can try and help organize that that meeting if if you want. But anyway. All right, so that was the show last night. That was good, and so today i I just start. I mentioned it last night. I started reading a book called Rosicrucian America," and I didn't think I didn't expect to do a show night and expect to have notes night. And uh, but my my bosses were out today, so when that's out, you know, I I, I make a lot. I'm I'm a headhunter, so I'm always making calls. But I make some calls, type a little notes, make some calls, type some notes. So I was shocked, and I was able to get this done. And I'm so excited. So this, I don't even know how many parts this is going to be because go read the book. It's not just about Rosicrucianism. This show is. The next one is about how we're going to destroy Shakespeare and how he, that's a goddamn lie. And then uh, it, the next part is going into John D, who I'm fascinated fascinated with. Charlie training me. Dude, I, I don't know how many of you guys have dogs. So, um, you know, we take him to a, dog thing to learn. Cause I want him trained like a, a, like North Korea trained. And, um, so they, they tell you like, don't use a harness. Like you need to put this, the lead collar on it, like kind of chokes them. And so I what was like, Oh, but he, he's, I, you know, I've had, a, and I have a shock collar and Liz has been busy working and stuff, but I got this guy trained so well. He's only like 16 weeks old. Yeah. Dank dude. This book goes so deep in the D. But he's doing great. Like the trainer said how great he is. And I thought maybe they'd say that to everybody. And my, my friend who has a Dalmatian, Oh, Scott, he's been on, we do a a show a few times. It's been a while, but he said, Oh no, they don't, he has a Dalmatian. They don't say that to everyone, but yeah. So he's doing great. He's really learning. He's training well. So that's my, my, I want him like, literally like if I say come, I want him to come. And, uh, but yeah, so the book, so, so I got the notes done, so this is going to be like a lot, a lot, a lot of clickety split training. It's, dude. Yes, absolutely. But this show is going to be, so this episode is about predominantly Rosicrucianism and Francis Bacon. We talked about Bacon during the, um, the pirate episode and Edwin Drake, and this is goes into all this same time period. I don't even know how I found this book, but it's an amazing book. And and so the next episode is going to be like John D Shakespeare. And I don't even know where it all goes. I'm very excited about where this book goes, but so I wanted that's that's the topic I wanted to do. And I also wanted to do it was when I was on Deborah Gets a Red Pill with Adam and uh, Chud X, two awesome guys. Chud asked me, said, well, what do Rosicrucians believe? And my answer was, well, they're Gnostics. They kind of believe in the the bloodline thing of Jesus Christ and, and all this stuff. And but it wasn't a great answer. So I found this book. I said, perfect. This is what I got to read. And I love it. I love I love Medieval Europe. I'm reading, or I'm uh, I'm listening to the Plantagenet, Plantagen, Planta, Plantagenets, who ruled England for four or five hundred years, and um, it, it brought up how if you guys listened to the pirate episodes, I talked about how the Norman kings ran uh, Normandy, France, modern day France, and England for three hundred years, and I, I, and the book said they were Vikings, and I never understood. Vik like how are these people Vikings and that comes into play with this as well. Your dog is what kind of dog do you have, David? I would love to. And who if anybody else has a dog, tell me what kind of dog you have because it's it's always it's always fun. It's you know it's so it's it's uh, it, it's like a baby, dude. I mean, I'm exhausted half the time, but he's getting better each day, less stressful, so it's good. It's good. I I I'm the I'm the heavy handed um disciplinarian, but. He's a he's a good boy. I ran him before he's been, he says, I'm not going to bed at 7:30 anymore, dad. I want to stay up late. So I ran him like crazy. So I get this show without him barking up a gosh darn storm in the background. Uh, dogs, 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 dogs. But all right. Let's get started, right? So again, Rosicrucian America. And um, yeah, so th- if you guys don't, the Rosicrucians are so important. They are so, oh, German Shepherd. Wow, dude. Yeah, you have to have that dog trained so they could be tough. Her, Germans, her dad was from East Germany. Mom, West Germany. Ooh, you got a, that's funny. You got a half commie dog. I love it. I love it. That's great. That's great. I bet you haven't trained well, David, because they're such, that, and that's, you have to train the big dogs. Like my fan, my uh, sister-in-law, and her, they have, a, she's a very nice dog, Daisy. And then her parents have another dog. And they're both, Daisy's a little big. She's probably like 20 pounds, but not trained at all. Out of shape, fat. I hate seeing fat dogs. I deleted a tweet a while ago, but it makes me so sad seeing, seeing fat pets. Uh, that That's mean, dude. That, you're abusing, you're, you're enabling, it's like a drug addict. You have to say no. Don't make your dog fat. But all right, let's get into it. So Rosicrucianism and also before I Francis Bacon, fascinating guy, super easy to train. Wow, David, that's amazing. you got lucky then. but Rosicrucian, it's not a religion. okay? it's more a tradition maintained by secret societies. And as as I've said before, Rosicrucianism and about not Rosicrucian specifically, but all these secret societies stemming for I don't know what the first one would be, maybe the Essenes. Maybe the Canaanites around that time, but there is over 35 offshoots of Rosicrucianism which claim all claim to be Rosicrucians. And some of these they have all these different origin stories, kind of like Marvel Comics. You have got 20 different origin stories of different superheroes, but the, there's some that claim they descended from the pharaonic Egypt. Others say they come from the Templars, which we talked about in the pirate episode, which I, I, I like that theory. I think that that has a lot of validity to it. And then some say it was founded by a guy, Christian Rosenkrauts. And I, that one, according to the pirate author, says that's a, a false lie. He never existed. I lean that way and I'll, we'll get into why in, in about a second. But regardless, it was started officially officially. Or or, or Christian Rosencruge lived around the 14th, 15th century. So he was also, if he was a real person, he was also an adept of of Sir William Sinclair, who we, 15th century, built Rosalind Chapel, who we've talked about so much, who's going to come up in this story as well. Wait, let me just read. Skeptic, I had a Jack Russell, smart and very chill. They're usually balls of energy. Oh, so I'm guessing had, I'm sorry, dude, pet, losing pets. That's so why I try to remind myself as I sit there at 615 in the morning after I just took them out in the 20 degree weather, I try to say, enjoy this, you know, this, this isn't going to last forever. And I've got two cats and I love them to death. I think the same thing. But anyway, Christian Rosenkruc,h and those who are running cover or maybe members of the the Rosicrucians, they would tell you, oh, no, we're not a secret society, just like Freemasonry. Oh, no, no, no. We are just a group who studies philosophy and other, uh, band studies, but really, really it's a society composed of intellectually enlightened who believe that Then listen to this, this I find very interesting. The, the baseline of Rosencrucianism is that it's, it's, they're hoping to find their, their goal is to create a new world order. Okay. New world order, but. It want and they want it to be ruled by a king, you know. I'm a kind of a monarchist. I say, okay, I like that idea, but this king, he's not just a regular king. He is a king that they that's going to have supernatural powers, descended from the divine race. Of, I mean, I'm going to ju- Atlantis, Tartaria, Templar Cross goes to Rosy Cross, Rosicrucian. I like that skeptic. I think that too. Oh, David. I'm so sorry. He said, Sophie has cancer. Uh, David, I wouldn't get my dog, you know, you know what, but I, because of that training, they require it. And my wife, you know, she, she's leaning, she's a nurse. So she's getting more and more and she's not listening right now, but I mean, she's starting to see the, as a nurse, you know, she's been propagandized by the schooling system and all that stuff like that. But her and I read, I mean her, um, I don't know if this is TMI, sorry, her, like, you know, what happens once a month has got, and she, I, she got off birth control a long time ago. I told her, you got to stop that. It's so bad for you. I wouldn't take something like that. You shouldn't take something like that, but it's ever since, you know what, that she was required by our hospital, her it, it's brutal for her. It's brutal. So dogs, do you think they do any extra studies on that? So I totally would have, I believe that David, and I like I like to think Sinbad is keeping my grandpa company. I love it, skeptic. It's beautiful, man. Beautiful, Rosalind. Thanks for always saying hi to my my wife, Rosalind. You were we were just talking about how sweet you are. Yes, we've all been indoctrinated to believe, David. Yeah, (sighs) couldn't have said it better myself. So anyway, but that's the dream of Rosicrucians. They want their Atlantis. And they want it to be ruled by a king who has superpowers. They want a Superman. They want a Cyclops. They want a Wolverine to lead the Rosicrucian, this new world society. And most likely, more likely than Christian Rosencrantz and all pharaonic Egypt, most likely Rosicrucianism can be attributed to Francis Bacon. And uh, Rosicrucianism wasn't even the first secret society Francis Bacon created. He created this thing called the Order of the Helmet. And now what is the Order of the Helmet? Gay name. Oh, damn it. I keep saying that now because I'm trying to stop being politically correct. And I used to say that all the time. Lame name. But um, the so the the Order of the Helmet was because the, there is Athena. She's a goddess. Uh, she had a, the helmet of Athena. It was given to her by Hades. And it gave her the, listen to this. It gave Athena the ability to remain invisible. So now why would Francis Bacon start a secret society that promotes, that, that's symbolized by a goddess that got invisible? Well, so the name's fitting because Bacon would use this invisibility throughout his life. How did he do that? We're going to get into that. But his members of the Rosicrucianisms were known as, quote unquote, the Invisibles. And the, rose, the, the popular themes of the day and the reflection in the literature of time, the, the, the rosy cross had been a symbol of higher meaning for thousands of years, okay? So this isn't a new sim- symbol. Martin Luther used the rose cross as his emblem in the 16th century. And uh, I'm a pro- I was Grace Protestant, so I, I'm allowed to say this, I think. I found that interesting. I found that interesting that he used the same symbol as the rosicrucians and just wait let's find out what other let's find out what other groups used um the rose cross as their symbol skeptic no freaking way athena was the goddess of wisdom aka gnosis my soundboard i like unhooked it up because it sucked if I had the soundboard da- uh, skeptic, I would have went like uh, ooh or dun dun dun. Ah, Rosalind, see, look at she, her dog also. Ah, you guys, see. David says it's on his family crest, as is the Red Cross. The headless knife motif is on the coat of arms of all blue Bluebells. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So yeah, so um. Uh, the, the, the Rose Cross is Martin Luther, uh, this guy Thomas Lodge, listen to this, wrote a book called Rosalind. Okay okay well, you can see where I'm going with this. What was it, Rosalind this novel about? Well, well well, well, it was a novel examining the dilemma of all those who believed the truth had been lost when the Reformation came to England. In Bacon's book, and I know David's not going to agree with that one, but uh, in Bacon's book, New Atlantis, published one year after his death, depicted of a utopia that was very similar to Manly Hall's vision that described a learned society called Solomon's House on the island of Ben Salem. And, uh, oh, 16? Wow. Oh, that's amazing, Rosalind. That's a blessing. Skeptic says she was also associated with an owl. Conspiracy or just a coincidence. Thank you, Skeptic. That's awesome. Awesome little tidbits. But so I the island of on the island of Ben Salem. Ben Salem's actually an area in the great northeast of Philadelphia. So the members of um his this this house were gifted by God with the understanding of secrets of creation and the initiates would wear white turbans with red crosses and his utopia would have this free sharing of information. So again, so this is in his book, new Atlantis, they would wear white turbans with a red cross. I mean, how more obvious do you have to get? And his utopia would have free sharing of information with no cost. That's what new Atlantis would be. And Rosicrucians implored like doctors to provide services free of charge and those of need. Okay. But you see, his utopia had a free exchange of information. Now, has when is ever a social social or social, I was saying social security? When is a secret society ever, ever, do you think that's what he really wanted? He wanted, oh, let's talk ideas. No, no, no. No, 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 no. When free access, he means when he says the free sharing of information, he hated the Catholic Church. The Templars hated the Catholic Church. The Templars grew. Rosicrucians grew out of the Templars. You can see why he, this is his utopia. And the Rosicrucian body was knowledge of alchemy, mysticism, cabalism. And there's two Rosicrucian figures, the big dogs. We got Francis Bacon. And I didn't know this. John, Dr. John D. Did you guys know that? That Dr. John D. was a creator of, with Bacon. He was a, a buddy, best friend of um rosicrucianism i had no idea, and that's why the chat in the next episode when we talk about john d i'm gonna blow your effing minds all right my mind it blew but most of the rosicrucian texts they come from dr john d and bacon was actually one of john d's proteges he brought his work with him to europe he studied under john d the guy that create no john d rockefeller uh, John D. Robert in the 1500s, the guy that created the Enochian language, the guy that was scrying, the guy that was using obsidian to communicate with demons, the guy that communicated with angels and created the angelic lane language. You know, everybody's be, all the dude. I talk to angels all the time. They always give me new languages and new magic to do. David. Yes, he was. John David says he was the queen's magician. And just wait, just wait, dude. And we'll get in a little bit, John D. Tonight, but oh, I, I've I've been looking for books about him. Amazing, amazing. All right, let's keep let's continue. Um, let's continue. I, I love that you guys come in this chat, dude. You guys share so much awesome info. Please never stop. Seriously, I will anytime. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. When if we he was 007, and remember how Nick Hinton was talking about that last night? I got I now I got I, I just read it today, so it was synchronic. Synchronistic. Like he talked about. Okay. 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 Here I go. All right. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so most of the Ro- Rosicrucian texts actually come from Dr. John D and bacon was actually, Oh Jesus. D was a wizard, an alchemist, a prophet, a writer, a magician, a cartographer. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. Who did we talk about? Oh, the Templars. And what were the, oh, 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 they were cartographers and all members of secret societies. He was also a spy. Again, we, and I brought this up so many times, but the fact that John D was an occultist, a magician, but yet a spy, just like Aleister Crowley, just like uh, the one Nazi guy who fought Aleister Crowley, possibly in, Scot- in Scotland when he, they had a secret meeting. Um, oh, um, who who's he's an ugly Civil War general. He would have big orgies. We talked about him before. Come on, somebody help me out. Who are who who's the guy? He was a big Mason, or yeah, big Freemason. Albert Pike. Albert Pike. So again, these ties between the occult, secret societies, and spycraft are so linked, so toughy, tough toughy. What the hell is that? So closely. And I was, I, was, I was reading David's 007 is two ball cane. David, can you please explain what that means? Because you're the second person that said that. Um, Jeremy Crow says, plenty of cultists who refuse to use Enochian anyway. Michael Aquino, another perfect example, Jeremy. Michael Aquino is intelligence officer, founder of the Temple of Set.
0: It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain,
1: And so just like David said, uh, John D was a confidant of Queen Elizabeth I of England, the Virgin Queen, serving as her astrologer and in many other uh, capacities. He actually was the one that told her to institute a Royal Navy. And D had a famous sigil. It was called the Mona Hieroglyphica symbol. And it contains, it basically, let me just pull it up. I mean, it's only 10 of us. Who cares, right? Uh, John... The mona hieroglyphical. Let's see if we can just. Uh, oh, there it is. Okay, monas. That's what it's called. Sorry, guys. Just so you guys can see a photo of it. But here's this is this is John D's. Um, let me see here. Was this, oh, here it is right here, right here. Mona, Hier- let me just share this so you guys can see. Tubal Cain, oh, is Tubal Cain, the great, great grandson of Eve, son of Cain. Ah, ah, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jeremy. And and David for bringing up. So here is the Mona hieroglyphica. So he would put this on like everything, I guess. But you see, you got the little moon here. And I guess, what is this, the, the feminine symbol? which we're going to get into way more, way more, way more. But it, it contains the moon, sun, elements, Aries, into one odd figure that co- that accompanies text that, ha- that has defied explanation. It, it's been in all these books and stuff like that. Oh, my notes are there. Geez, someone's going to steal my notes, and you're just going to take my show. Uh, but the modus symbol could be said as like a signature symbol of D. And the inclusion in various manuscripts, books, uh, that to him, that he wouldn't put his name on, just like Francis Bacon. But this was how you, like his buddies were like, oh, that was written by good old John D. You see his sigil there? And D. and Bacon, they create this underground tra- tradition of, quote unquote, free thinkers, a.k.a. New Agers. And it was very dangerous with the Catholic Church at this time, as you guys can imagine. So this knowledge, amazing. Uh, Sorry, oh, David, or Skeptic, don't worry about it. Sorry, Tubal Cain was said in the Bible to be the first artificer of metals. Esoteric folklore says that humans learn to work with metals from fallen angels, so it's presumed that's where Tubal Cain got it. It's a Masonic symbol. The Facebook F is stylized version of symbol was derived from the 007 when it was written. Looks like spyglasses or two balls and a cane. Dude. Colorado, you and Jeremy would you're you're not gonna like what Jeremy calls himself Colorado, but you guys would hit it off. Maybe I should I should have both you guys on the same show one time. we we're gonna do that. And uh so okay, so this dangerous knowledge of free thinkers was called sub rosa. Hmm. As in under under sub beneath the rose. Where does this come from? Well, this goes back to Roman times, they picked. This is huge. They pick uh, paint big roses on the ceiling. And like this is where Las Vegas got what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas when it had what what happens under the rose stays under the rose. As in, you know, just like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And then in the Middle Ages, the rose suspended over the tables of council meetings, meaning the same thing. You're subject to secrecy. Modern times, and David, you're Catholic, please, please confirm or deny if this is true. Um, um And my confessions of Catholic churches have carvings of roses, assuring the confessions that will remain secret and bait and in Bacons, the Rose Cross was the same secrecy. It made the same, the sub Rosa, it was secret. Many of these writings were penned in secret, remained hidden, but some were for immediate publication. So Dee was in Elizabeth's court, as as uh, uh, David said, and he had her ear. He had her. He was and her courtiers. He was the queen's astrologer. He influenced her in more ways. Oh, David, I'm sorry. I thought you were Catholic. I thought that's what we were talking about. I'm, I apologize, dude. I don't know why I thought that. I thought the one episode you are talking about the pope. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry about that. I, I don't know I you know what happens when you assume, buddy? You know what happens when you assume. Uh, but yeah, so Bacon, Bacon's had the, the the same thing. Uh D he was his court. He even P, D picked the date, time, location or date and time of Elizabeth's coronation and convinced her that England had rights to the Yes, I remember you were an atheist, David. So, but I just, uh, so the original cone of silence, I like it. I like it. But he, he, so he picked the coronation. He convinced her that the, the England should have the rights to the new world. Huh? I wonder why John D would say the new world that, that him and John D are trying to, or him and, um, um, bacon are trying to create and he, he's got power to the monarchy and I'm surprised, it's shocking. He's saying that's ours. That's our land, Elizabeth. (laughs) <laughs> oh God. And then uh, the strong Navy part. And then and from then on, literally from John Dee's recommendation, that was the beginning of Britain's ruling of the high seas. And he also told her that King Arthur's Avalon, that uh, this Avalon's like his utopia was also in America. And D wrote topics on from Rosicrucianism, navigation, anything. He was a brilliant man. And this is more next episode, but I'm just going to say this. So John D, he was friends with Robert Boyle. Robert Boyle, it's Boyle's principle with like gas and a, a canister. I don't know. I was never good in physics and chemistry and stuff like that. And Robert Boyle was an occultist. He was a Rosicrucian, but we don't view him that way. And there's a few um, Newton, member of the Royal Society, which was the invisibles that Francis Bacon created 120 years earlier. What do we view Newton as a Freemasonic occultist? No. So why do we view John D that way when they were doing the same thing? And it's interesting. I haven't gotten that far of why yet, but yes. So brilliant man. He also had over 4,000 books in his estate, a crystal ball that he used to tell the future and a magic mirror to help talk with spirits. And so I don't know if you guys know this, but you're actually not supposed to have a mirror in front of your bed because demons and these being the mirrors, there's something occult power to that, and there they can come in and they can watch you and stuff like that. So just just uh, you know a funny thing to or interesting. And the works between Dee and Bacon became the basis for the Rosicrucian tradition. So some literary works that reflect Rosicrucian themes. Uh, just like today with Hollywood, with these celebrities who they promote occult rituals in their music videos, or how Beyonce has an alter ego, Sasha Fierce, and Nicki Minaj channels something. The pop culture at the time, many of these people were Rosicrucians. And so, for example, uh, there's this book called Book: The Revolt of Angels, and it was written in uh, 1914... I think so. And it, it 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 says that the it's like a fiction not it's a little bit of both but it was it's basically the, it says how the fallen angels have taken on human form preparing to topple god and has lucifer and lucifer was the good guy pretty much. 1719 a guy Daniel Defoe he was a dissent political dissident he was the guy that wrote Robinson Crusoe now listen to this. So you wrote, I haven't read Robinson Crusoe. Listen to this. Listen to this. So Robinson Crusoe. Think Robinson Crusoe. R C. Crusoe is short for um line, I think, and it's a German word. And his first page of uh, Robinson Crusoe, he, he writes, "I was called Robinson Crusoe. Uh, Kruzenauer. Now, whose name does that sound like? Oh, oh, Christian Rosenkratz. And it was a little similar. Uh, like I said, and also Crusoe. Oh, Crusoe in German means cross. So you can see how this goes. Jules Verne. I love Jules Verne books. If you haven't read them yet, but we have all written Robinson, but none of them would have seen the light had it been, not been famous for this this famous prototype. And this shows that writers have disguised characters, even in these days, this movie symbolism, this movie's winks and nods, the occult, this was not new. These writers would, um, they were Rosicrucians, they were into the occult. They would never explicitly say this, but they would make these little winks and nods, just like Jules Verne. And this shows writers have disguised characters that are or that fully identify of characters that would only be known to the initiated. R. C. Christian Georgia guystones David, what are you telling me? The guy that built the David Guidestones, thats his name. D. mirror was a piece of obsidian from the Aztec Empire. Jeremy, I know that, and just so you guys know, obsidian—it was—it's a very sharp metal. It was only found in the new world. That was what they were. They, they would get them brought back because Spain and they Spain also used the cultist and um, the obsidian they thought had magical properties to communicate with demons. And that's what um, John D and Edward Kelly used obsidian to communicate with the, the angels. Vern was also, A Freemason, and he was very familiar Rosicrucian doctrines, and he was also in a group called the Fog. Okay, weird name, right? Weird name. Well, he said the Fog was connected to the Rosicrucians, and the most, oh, oh was the Fog. It's connected to Rosicrucianism, and the most known, well-known character in uh, this book, and and in one of his books, Phileas Fog. Totally by chance. I'm sure that he's a member of a secret society called the fog and his famous character is called Phileas uh, Fogg. and get this Mr. Fogg in the book, in this book, listen to this. This is insane. He was, con- he, he, Mr. He, uh, Mr. Fogg. He's a member of a group in the book called the reform club. Huh? Totally coincidentally, I'm sure that you know the Freemason Jules Verne, who secret society called the Fog, named a guy the Fog, and who's this this Fog was um, a member, uh, or it was in the the Reform the Reform Club or whatever I just the Reform Club, same initials as the Ro- as the Rosy Cross. And uh, Jules Verne's characters are very similar to Lancelot of Arthurian lore. He has all these similar stories. And this may seem totally random. Why Arthurian lore? Well, I'm reading a book called, about the Plantagenets. Um, they were the, they ruled England for 500 years. I think I just said that in the intro. Arthur was huge. They made him popular. Like the third uh, Plantagenet made these claims that he was descended of uh, Arthurian lore and the, the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because Arthurian lore has very close ties to the monarchy. There's something more to this. I don't know what it is, but I just found that interesting. And uh, also just so you guys, if you didn't know the Plantagenets, the Plantagenets were in a, like 1033. William the Conqueror was the, his descendant was like Henry, the one Henry one. And that was the Plantagenet um, dynasty for 500 years. And this would end until, until the first country with a central bank, the Netherlands, funded William of Orange to overthrow his father in law, the last Plantagenet. And they have a lot of themes, Jules Verne's of death and rebirth. And let's continue. Let's continue with Jules Verne symbolism that are totally coincidence. They're not conspiracies. He had a character called Clovis Dardanator, Verne's captain bugachara has the same name bugachara what's that name from well it's the mountain that's next to rene le chateau where's rene la chateau what's the importance of that oh well not much just that the, the cathars the the priory of Sion, the cathars these gnostic sects that believe jesus christ's bloodline continued um where they would have huge orgies and they they believed in the archons and all that stuff. They were eventually had a crusade against them from the Catholic church, you know, unfairly. That's what the world will tell you. No, they were sacrificing. They were doing crazy things, huge orgies, heresies, blasphemy. And this is where the, uh, the descendant of Jesus Christ, the uh, Sophia, no, 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 Sarah, that's the name where she grew up was Rene La Chateau. And Clovis, we're not done with Jules Verne yet. Clovis, do you guys know who Clovis is? I only know this because I'm big into medieval European history at the moment. Clovis was the most important leader of the Merovingian king's dynasty. What does that mean? Well, the Merovingians were none other than the groups that ran the Frankish empire who were a part of Jesus's bloodline. So, Jules Verne uses the mountain next to Renee Chalachateau, Clovis, the same, the, the big king of Jesus' bloodline, uh, Reform Club, our uh, Arthur- theory, Phileas Fogg. So, Jules Verne, I love his books. You see, already we have authors in pop culture um, using symbolism and well, it winks and knots. And then another character, last one about Jules Verne, Raour the Conqueror. What are those initials, everybody? Oh, no way. R.C. And what was his story? Uh, Raur, he lived in a world where UFOs, the story has UFOs everywhere. And what do the Rosicrucians want? They want to be led by a king from the divine race that existed on this earth. It just... uh, just insane. Skeptic says Alexander the Great claimed to be a descendant of the Achilles. Okay. And Julius Caesar from Venus and the are somehow from the prophet Muhammad. Uh, I don't. And uh, I read a book. I did a show. It was like the myth of the dark ages. And it basically talks about how uh, Muhammad was a made up character. Very little proof he ever existed compared to like Jesus and That's If you want to check that out or get the book, it's by Emmett Scott, I believe. Amazing book. Are the Scythians descendants of the adverse in the Merovingian Empire, the Scythians? I don't know. That's a good question, David. That's a really good question. I'm sorry I don't know that answer. I, You know, I don't, I always, I never want to be the guy that has all the answers. I just read these books and try to give you guys a better understanding. Um, so I used to think the secret societies were more like Nazi esque, right? Like eugenicist, um, whatever. Not the normal stuff that we talk about the Nazis. And the more that I read, the more that I see, this is so wrong. That is why I hate that theory that the Nazis are secretly running the world. I tried to debate a one guy who has a big Twitter account, Drew Tang. I, I don't know if you, I'm sure you guys have seen him on Twitter. If you if you're on Twitter, and he has like this big thread, like how Nazis are running the world. Jim Mars had the same theory in like 2003. Um, that was acceptable in 2003. Not acceptable in 2022. If you still, if you think it's Nazis that are running the world, show me one similarity between the Nazis and what are, are besides surveillance, besides some eugenicists, eugenicis, eugenics, um, the Nazis kicked out the central banks. They were extremely nationalistic. Uh, they did try to remove religion. Do you think that these same people that were so nationalistic that hated globalism are, are running their world today? Well, you could have fooled me there. Nazis, who do they promote? Oh, the Aryan race. Who is trashed on more than anybody in the world? White people. So no, I don't believe the Nazis are running our country. I, yes, did they come over in uh, Pro- Operation Paperclip? Yeah. Did they have any loyalty to America? Very few of them did. Uh, I just hate that theory, just like the Titanic theory that it was sunk to to get rid of the guys that were Astor and Guggenheim were standing up against the, the Federal Reserve. Astor family funded the Royal Institute of International Affairs. It start that's the the British CFR. Please, please take two seconds to research that. Most of our government agencies are a product of Operation Paperhood. Agreed. Totally agree. Totally agree. But there's very, would you guys agree with this? Would you say that Nazis are, run, are running America? Surveillance, absolutely. But be, very few other similarities. I So I hate that theory. I don't know how I got off on that tangent. And so Bacon believed in the freedom of thought, religious choice, tolerance of religions. And this sounds great, right? This sounds like what America was built on, freedom to do what you believe. And that sounds great. But you see, this libertarian attitude is dangerous. And why is it dangerous? Because if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. They want you to have religious freedom. They want you to have um, spirituality. Because all this thing, there aren't a set rules. If you find a, a charismatic leader of your new age group who's telling you, oh, blah, blah, blah you're going to follow what they say, as opposed to this stuff that's written down. um, You you understand. So religious freedom, it sounds great. I don't believe anyone should be persecuted for the religious beliefs, but this is why Bacon, he was a new ager of the time or before the time. And also, if you don't believe in the right and wrong, dualistic, there is no real right or wrong. That's what, without following this morality of, of the Abraham of Christianity and, and, and Islam, um, you can see how your morals, your morals, could be messed with. May your spiritual oh, you should free love, bang everything that has a vagina or a penis. Is that is that really good or is that carnal good? Nazism really doesn't. Have, all right, thank you, Carl, and thank you, David. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. That doesn't that that believes that theory is total hs horse poop. Uh, invisible college. So Rosicrucian Enlightenment in England would include influential alchemists of the day, and this would become known as the, the the Invisible College. So you had Sir Walter Raleigh, John D. Ashmole, Robert Boyle, Isaac Newton, all of these men very popular. But are they really invisible? No, you knew they were invisible. They, the, you, you knew they were invisible. You knew who they were. They were very popular, powerful, influential people. So the real invisibles were people that were bigger dogs than them. And uh, Nestor Helen Webster talks about this in Isaac Weishop's letters that he was writing in code to his people. Both him and his like number two guy would talk about this other character who they would they called by a code name. I can't remember his name. Who was telling, giving Isaac. I, what to do. So the invisibles, it's, it's just like the same thing. We know these names, but the real invisibles, you don't know their names. You, you, we don't really know who the real bad guy is because we would never know their name. 50 years later though, the the invisible college would turn in 1660 would turn into the Royal society, which still exists today. Uh, there's a plaque that says bacon is its founder and the Royal society would have inventors like astronomer, Paul Nelly. He was an expert at grinding glass for telescopes. So, Royal Society, who's practicing occult rituals, magic. And here again, we have another tie between science, NASA, I mean, not NASA, but astronomy, tying to secret societies in the cult worship. Sorry. Robert Flood, he's another member. He was the the son of the Queen Elizabeth's treasurer and served in court with Bacon. He was educated at Oxford, where he found out about esoteric traditions. He was not a Rosicrucian, but he endorsed their goals. And he will be much big later on in further episodes. But the English and French at this point, they, they, they had the Hundred Years' War. I mean, they've just been fighting since like the 1100s. They've just had battles and... Also, if you guys didn't know this, so the Norman kings, how I, the Vikings who became the Normans who ran England, Normandy, uh, all these other places in Europe, um, Normandy. This was all part of England's empire for a while. Once, um, once the Plantagenets took over and kicked out the the Norman uh, or the, the the real like they he, they were descendants of Normans, but once William the Conqueror came in and got rid of like all of the the you know like a leaf Erikson type name the Plantagenets. So they don't land in France. They had a huge empire, France and Britain. I did, I never knew that though. That was in, insane.
2: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
1: Right, These two, they, these two ha- countries hate each other. They, France was struggling. They, needed, they asked for cash from England. Do you think England gave it to them? No. But you know who did? Robert Flood. He was sending money because he had esoteric secret society connections that were much more important than patriotism. Being the treasurer, he sent money to the French. Also, he was tutored by f- French aristocrats who were Catholics which another reason why he was not a Rosicrucian because the Templars became the Rosicrucians. They hated the Catholic Church. Catholic Church hated them. Flood also would write a book defending Rosicrucianism, saying, I'm not a member, guys, but this was um, a, a very normal for many men who was suspected of being part of the Invisibles. He and also Robert Flood participated in the translation of the King James Version of the Bible, which who else did that? Francis Bacon. The Hundred Years War was all about that, dude. Yeah, the Hundred Years it was. I'm um, my next topic. I'm gonna audio book and maybe do a show is the Thirty Years War because there's something to this. This that's the the first official really World War Germany again. Germany is in three World Wars. The Illuminati, uh, the Rothschilds. Uh, there's another secret society. Odd man was and I were talking about all come from Germany. And there's something where there's something there. There's something there. But yeah, so he, he translated the Bible. He's buddies with Bacon. And most, multiple Rosicrucian factions. Uh, one, the guys. See, the, like I said, there was all these factions of Rosicrucianisms under the, the umbrella. And the one was called the guys, which is a trick. Right? Guys means like trickery. They were tied to the prior of scion. Robert Boyle, who I said was no, he did something with pressure and cans or whatever. Uh, he was a grandmaster of the guys. So he was a Rosicrucian. And so this connects the Rosicrucians with the Priory of Sion. Um, yeah, in the Priory of Sion, guys, if you haven't seen the Da Vinci Code, it's the secret group. Da Vinci, um, Nicholas Flamel, all these, Isaac Newton were all leaders of the Priory of Sion, all holding the secret that Jesus Christ had a bloodline that's still alive to this day. So Freemasonry, Royal Society, Priory, the Templars, the Sister, Sister, the Sister Order of the Templars, the Cisterians, and uh, Rosicrucians, they're all connected, which shouldn't be, shouldn't be created. And skeptic, yeah, there is a, there's a, an RC center um, in California. Wars are generated as sacrifice machines. I like that. And it said, Jeremy says, that if someone calls himself Rosicrucian, they aren't a Rosicrucian. Interesting. I, I think that sounds about fair. That sounds about fair. And so the sisterian order, that was uh, sisters. Oh, wait, let me just. And a prominent symbol of the Royal Society. Get this. The the, the invisibles became the Royal Society, Freemasonry. What was, their, what was their symbol? Oh, it was a letter G, representing, of course, the glory of God. That's what the G stands for. It had nothing to do with geometry at all. You know, nothing to do with that. This is this is also in Freemasonry, if you if you weren't aware. And then Johannes Kepler, the the sun guy, you know the, the Earth, raw what whatever. He, right? That's what Kepler did, or was that Copernicus? Kepler did something with astronomy. I think the sky. <laughs> he wrote geometry existed before creation. Therefore, geometry is a god himself. You guys, I'm sure, are seeing these connections here. Geometry. Mm-mm-mm. saint bernard the cisterians the sisters of the templars he was the guy that famously uh got the templar order established by talking to the pope and he he's a monk and he said uh god is height width and depth is that sound like something a good christian monk would say that he he says god god is just geometry population of those we don't speak <laughs> oh god jc uh, I can't read that. I can't let me see. Wait. The fact is increasing in the rest of Europe. Who knows what that means, but interesting. We don't increase. Oh, the population. <sighs> read the comments if you're interested. That's a great <laughs> Jeez, You don't need to apologize, dude. I uh, thank you. I, I it's really interesting. So I I wish I could say it. But you know, YouTube, you know, we're we got only so many things we can do here. Yes. DM me the stats. I would love that. And pure thought, according to these, emits from the mind of God, and only those with higher understanding can talk to God. Are they talking to God? Or who are they talking to somebody else? St. Bernard, the guy who got the Templars established from the Pope, the Cistercian, also was fascinated, listen to this, the guy who got the Templars established was fascinated with promoting the feminine aspect of the divine. Now, where do we see that today? What is promoted incessantly by the rot, started by the rot, feminism, feminism. Let's bring the, you know, toxic masculinity, femininity. We worship the feminine. We worship strong women or whatever. Feminist, you know, stand up, blah, 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 exhausting things. And it's just funny that this guy who got the Templars, the Gnostics set this monk, believe that we needed to push out the feminine. I just found that fascinating as well. And he was born in Burgundy, France and doing all he could to bring women's power back to the or bring women's power into the church. He authored prayers to the mother of god, made pilgrimages to his site. And what does the catholic church often promote Mary Queen Mary? even though the queen of heaven is what they call her. That's said in the Bible in Jeremiah, do not use that. That is, that is a pagan worship. The Jesuits, who did they pray to the black Madonna? Um, I mean, we can go on and on and on of all this rise of feminine worship. I think I have t- toothpaste there. Okay. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I found that so intriguing. He was doing all he could to bring woman's power. Oh, okay. He authored prayers. Yeah, yeah. And closer look at the authorship of the Rosicrucian text. So this is the thing we're going to see over and over and over again in the show. But in 1603, there's a book called The Chimical Wedding. It was written by jo- Johann Valentin, except the only issue with Johann here is he denied his whole life that he had never written this book. And if, if he did write this book, he wouldn't have put his name on it because it would have, would have cost him his career. And this book had traditions from Hermeticists, Gnostics, Policians, Bogomils, Cathars. Johann was who wrote this huge occult book, was 17 at the time of the book. A little deep for a 17-year-old, even in those days. Um, much more likely written by our two boys, Francis Bacon or John Dee. And they put his name on it. And we're going to get into that. As a common practice, as we continue. And basically, this book, though, was an allegorical description of a wedding between the mythical um, king, a mythical king and queen. And 1630, like of these magical king and queen, these occultists. And what do you know? In 16, 10 years later, there's a wedding that took place of exactly that. The British Liz Stewart of Bohemia and Fred Frederick V of Germany got married. And at this time, Germany was a collection of states ruled by the Holy Roman Empire. And when he married, when he married her, oh, shocking guys, shocking. When Frederick married um, uh, um, who did I just, Liz Stewart, she wore a rose and the ceremony was vastly unique from a Christian ceremony. Archbishop of Canterbury, the, like, the top kind of Catholic guy at the time, in uh, maybe I don't know, or the top. Religious figure at the time. He had a lot of power, especially in the plant during the plant Plantagenets. Uh, He wrote that he objected to the, the ceremony, called it a pagan ceremony. The guests, though, that didn't seem to mind who were the guests. Oh, none other than Bacon, Johann Andrea and other Rosicrucians. And the Rosicrucians had been invisible totally until this wedding. But Frederick and his bride exposed it to the German citizens. And Frederick, if you guys he was. We talked about him in a recent episode. He's instrumental. Oh, in Secret Society Subversive Movements. He is instrumental in getting Freemasonry um, and other secret societies established. And it wasn't long before, though, that Rosicrucianism started running rampant in Germany. After the death of Rudolf II, who I believe was a Habsburg, of course, friends with John Dee, the nobles chose his successor as Frederick. And his court was filled with alchemists, occultists, just like Queen Elizabeth, Robert Flood, who was a student of Dee, who we talked about, and many other Rosicrucians. And then he actually moved his court to Prague, which became a mecca of alchemists, scientists, astrologers, and occultists. And Frederick, like I said, would be instrumental in Freemasonry, and his, his goal was the same of Bacon's, create a utopian Atlantis. But days after this, this guy took the crown, Ferdinand II, a Habsburg, took up arms and disposed the king. Oh, thank you, Jerry. I thought so. He, uh, Archbishop Canterbury is the effective head of the Anglican Church besides the monarch. And, and it, before it was the Anglican, it was the Catholic Church. If you guys didn't know, that's why uh, the Plantagenets, they had a huge issue. It's a long story read the book. If you, it's a great book. So they took the Habsburgs took over and disposed the King. They're Catholics and the Catholics outnumbered the Protestants. The Catholic Habsburgs would then gain rule. Frederick and Elizabeth fled. And this would become known as the 30 years war. It was the first world war. Like I just said, it was fought in Africa. It was fought in Asia and the Habsburgs. They were allied with Spanish Habsburgs, uh, did you guys know that a Habsburg was the guy that just was doing the new world trips? That was a Habsburg descendant. And France was on their side, Catholic. Italy was on their side, Catholic. Denmark all were on the uh, Catholic Habsburg side, and which beat the hell out of Protestant Germany. It ends with Habsburg's constitutional rule, which lasted until World War I. And this was the most devastating conflict that the world had seen until World War I. German states, they lost half of their population in the Thirty Years' War, and 250,000 of them fled to the Netherlands. Much of the Protestant population in Germany, at least the nobles, were Rosicrucians. Many of these Protestant Rosicrucians that fled after Habsburgs took control, they would go to the New World, settle in New York and Pennsylvania. This would become known as the burned over district, which I did an episode a long time ago in the burned over district. But basically the burned over district, let's find some people who were were there in the, uh, whoever started the Quakers um, or a Quaker leader, this one lady who said she could walk on water. I forget her name. This is a hilarious story. She's like a a cult leader, essentially. She claims she can walk on water. She, She goes to the water. Everyone's around her whole congregation. And she says, do you believe I can walk on this water, and they all say, "Yeah, you can do it." And she, and then she goes, "Well, then I don't even have to." Now that's David Blaine esque, dude. Maybe that's where David Blaine got his ideas. Martin Luther expo- exposed the la- vast conspiracy of Luciferians running the world. The society's great work is to smash all remnants of the Protestant Reformation. Interesting, David. That that's your theory. Hmm. See, I don't know where I, I don't know where I fall, but I I've seen that many people blame the Protestant reformation as be opening this opening Christianity to all the li- this liberalism. So that's an interesting that that's your, that's your take. I very interesting. I don't have an answer because I don't know enough about anything like that, but, but yeah, so the burned over district, um, who, who lived there? I told the lady with the watch, Joseph Smith and his family were from the burned over district. They were treasure hunters. They would, they would, um, um, look at the this obsidian rock to communicate with beings to find treasure. Why is that interesting? Many of our pirates, Drake, all these guys that uh Columbus, they would do the same thing. They would try and channel to find this treasure. John D did the same thing. So I just found that in the burned over district though was for like many um Blavatsky visited. She was running uh, um, where you sit in a room, you channel something. Uh, It was huge. It was huge in the burned over district. And this is why, because all these Protestant Rosicrucians, they're uh, Protestant. Let's use it like that. Just like the same way uh, Kabbalistic, Kabbalists are not Jews, right? Or same way how um, the Ishmaelis are not Muslims or Islam, Islamic. And so these groups would become the Amish, the Mennonites, the Moravians. And I actually live right by Bethlehem, or I grew up right by Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which is where the Moravians settled. And so I had no idea that they were German, Protestant, um, possibly many of them Rosicrucians. In 1623, Rosicrucianism found its way to England when mysterious placards started appearing, and some of these writings claimed invisibility was a protection provided to the Rosicrucians by God. So what exactly is Rosicrucianism? Freemasonry, which is hierarchical, um, hierarchical, Rosicrucianism is much harder to pin down your leaders. Modern Freemasonry is modified Rosicrucianism, and this is because Bacon created Rosicrucianism and Freemasonry had existed in England and Europe a little bit, very much in England for many years, but it was truly just a brotherhood of stone workers. And we'll we'll get into that, I think, in a second. But basically, because you couldn't really travel back in those days, you were viewed as a spy or evil person. So the Masons they needed to be able to identify themselves because they're very they're building these things, and that's why they started these lodges before they were infiltrated officially. Um, after Bacon created Rosicrucianism, and then he started creating the Freemasonry uh, and, and using it as a scapegoat. Joseph Smith was a Freemason. I heard that from read that before. The inner order of the Hermetic Order, the Golden Jeremy, why are you bra- why are you ruining it, dude? Why are you why are you spilling my next my next thing where I'm gonna get to say, get this? Jeremy, I'm blocking you out of the chat. You do that again. For people listening, I'm smiling. I love Jeremy and he, he, I hope he knows I'm joking. So I'm not going to finish reading your, your, your damn quote, Jeremy. All right, mm-hmm. knock it off. Uh, but yeah, so uh, supposedly though, Rosicrucians, uh, they said their tradition dates back, like I said, to the Pharaoh Akhenaten. Others say the the Gnostics of the early church, others, the Templars, but all agree that Bacon and John D. organized the esoteric tradition. And some also say the Priory of Sion, which man, which monitored, protected the bloodline of Jesus Christ was tied to the Templars, which it probably was, which gave birth to Rosicrucianism. So prior Templars, Priory of Sion, and we say that, I say this all the time, these secret societies, they believe the same thing. They just use different names. They need, it's a wider net to cast the same way. New Agers today, they're wrapping people up through Uh, tantric like yoga, which isn't inherently bad, but you can you're opening yourselves up or um, manifestation, or um, I can't think of other examples, but these are just different ideas to get you sucked into the new age beliefs. And Nick Canton said something very fascinating. I cannot remember who predicted it, but an author in the 1918 hundreds predicted that in eventually there's going to be two classes. One, like the bug people, which I think was the phrase he used. And another of these new age uh, secrets, secrets, the love and light, like that John Brishon always talks about kind of group. And that's exactly what's happening. We have the trust, the science, eat the bugs. And then we also have these new agers, which have infiltrated the beliefs, at least have infiltrated like right wing Twitter. It's everywhere, you know, and a lot of it is good, like eating healthy and organic, but nature worship is coming back in this. It's all you, we can see these two classes of people forming, which is the goal. And the the priory, they had, I said, uh, Da Vinci, Flood, Boyle, Nicholas Flamel, uh, Geoffrey de Bullion, the first king of Jerusalem after the only successful crusade. He met with brothers of the Red Cross, not the Rose. This was because that was in 10, 1100, late 1000s, late thousands. Who were the, the brothers of the Red Cross? Well, they were a fr- fraternity that were Gnostics. They said they descended from the tradition of the Zoroastrianism. Canaanite religion went everywhere. And it went into different. It went into Mayan culture. It went into Incan culture. Where they would take hallucinogens to chop out a beating heart. It would go into all these different religions in different locations. There's a reason why people were sacrificing children to their, these gods they were talking to. Does that sound like a kind god? No, it's this Canaanite religion that infiltrated and spread like a virus. Uh, the Secret and Celestian Prophecies were books that hit me promoted New Age. The Secret, another one, along with The Alchemist, which I read. Very Baskin-Robbins of occultism. Hilarious, hilarious. Baskin Robbins, you know, why is Baskin Robbins in Dunkin Donuts? I haven't seen many anymore, but, you know, at Dunkin Donuts, they're not known for their speed, especially since post-COVID. I mean, it's, you can't even go inside, but who, who's going to get a donut and ice cream? When do they combine? What was the idea of that? Every church has been infiltrated by the enemy. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Agreed, David. Agreed. Um, so, so you had the first king of the guy that let the knight that started the Knights Templars who let them dig under single Solomon's temple, where they found all these ancient maps and relics and gold and treasure from the Phoenicians. He was also buddies with another Gnostic group called the red cross. Sure. It has nothing to do with one or the other. And then there was another early document. The Medici family also was huge in the occult world. And I didn't go into that in my pirate episode, but in Florence, it was secretly this occult hotspot. I mean, this is during the, the Inquisition, the 1500s, and the Medici family, they, they translated a book called the Corpus Hermeticum. Oh, I, I'm sure that doesn't mean Hermeticism, uh, which encourages magical arts while remaining devoted to Christian scripture. I think that's a little uh, hypocr- or contradictory because I'm pretty sure in the Bible it says, don't do magic, but who knows? And then Christian the who was probably mythical, but his story is that in 1393, he went to the East to study with the Arab and Persian sages of the Sufi and the Zoroastrian masters. He returned in Europe in 1407, founded Rosicrucianism, and he lived to be 106 years old, which became a very occultic secret number in Rosicrucianism. And possible source, this is fascinating, possible sources of the name of the, the, the Rosicrucians. It's believed to be derived by uh, Rosalind. Now what Rosalind. Now what does this remind me of? Oh, the Scottish, Viking, Norman, Viking nobleman prince, Henry Sinclair, who says Rosalind, uh is a feminine name meaning rose in Gaelic. While Ross is a male name, that means rose rose color. So you could either go uh, Roselynn, the or Ross, which both mean rose color and rose. And then Lynn, Roslyn, means generation. So, or uh, means generation or line. So, red line, rose line. And to top this whole, to bring this totally together, Roslyn Chapel, totally by accident, falls on an ancient ley line that was called the Rose Line. Soundboard that I don't use. Boop, 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 boop. Isn't that crazy though? That that so that's one way positive. Roz, um, the Saint Clair family, who was I told you they started the Templars, so there's a French branch. That's the Saint Clair, Santa Maria. That's why. Um originally it was supposed to be Santa Clara Columbus's boat for the St. Clairs. Uh Uh, Oh, so they have a French, St. Clair, and then the Scottish family members, the the, uh, Sinclairs. In Scotland, you have the Roslyn Chapel. So what did the France St. Clairs do? Oh, well, they had built a church called the saint Sulpice, which is in Paris. Which, you know, as all churches, all Christian churches do, they have an obelisk at their church. That's a sundial that marks celestial events. And the light park of this sundial on the clock is called what? The rose line, and it is also located on another ley line. Ah, oh, dude! And the and uh, the church of the Saint Sol Peace is named for Saint Sol Peace, who had a high standing with none other than the Merovingian kings, who had whose feast day was January seventeenth. Okay, that may seem he was friends with Merovingians. Why is the feast day important? Oh, well, none other than there was a St. Rosalyn, who shares the same feast day. Do you see all these, ro- ro- how they got this name? There's all these different possibilities, but what are the odds of this? Rosalind Chapel, Rose Line, falling on an ancient ley line. Um, their their bro- their sister family, the St. Clairs, built a church on a ley line with an obelisk, that was called the, the, also the rose, the rose line. I just found that, I, again, conspiracy or just a coincidence? Clearly, this is a conspiracy and not just a coincidence. Uh, but yeah, it was a sundial. Oh, and so that Saint Rosalind, just hilarious, shares the same feast day with the saint of Saint Sulpice, who uh, are that Sulpice is the church is named after. Saint Rosalind was also in the Merovingian court with Sulpice. Dad was a well-known alchemist. Pretty weird for a, a nun to have a dad that's an alchemist. And her brother was named Helios. What's Helios? It's the name that invokes the sun god. Captured, and he was, he was eventually captured, her brother, and it was put in prison on the island of Rhodes. Okay, that doesn't sound too... Cr- All right, what does that mean? Well, of course, the island of Rhodes. What does Rhodes mean in Greek? Rose. Boop, 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 boop. And the island was called, of course, of course, of course. The island was called the where where um uh, Rhodes, the Rose Island, was also another name was called Island of the Sun. Rosalind miraculously freed him. And so this all this all sounds like a fairy tale. It's not. it's it's accepted as historical truth. So all of these ways, that they're playing on words who loved love to play on words, who love to write in crypto and cryptic codes and ciphers, Francis Bacon. You can see why this is the name he picked. Okay. Maybe Sinclair's didn't name it this reason. Maybe St. Clair's didn't name um, like their churches and all this stuff. They didn't know maybe that a secret society called the Rosicrucians was going to be created, or maybe they did. And they did it on purpose. So the tradition of Rosicrucianism was that ancient man had group consciousness, okay? Little privacy and being an individual was challenged. You, didn't, you, were, you were a member, you were just a cog in the machine. Oh, what do they do to us now? Oh my God, what are the odds of that that the Rosicrucian belief had the same one that our elites do today? Ah. And this started to change in the Middle Ages when people started becoming educated, gaining independence from, from the church and state. The Cathar religion was an example of this. The religion actually, and the word religion in Latin, I don't know, whatever word, the word it stems from actually means to bind. So to be free from such boundaries, no institution or religion can have authority. So then you have spiritual freedom. And this is the true quest of the grail um, and the Rosicrucians, to bring down the authority of the church. And this is why, like, I, I know the Catholic Church is so corrupt, but it, it seems like in a lot of these, at these times, they were corrupt. You know, you had the Bor- the Borgias and the, the Medici Popes and things like that. But I think, you know, there's always evil people at the top. But I think as a general rule, these people are trying, uh, the Catholic Church was trying to stop these people. And that's why, why do we only hear about priests that are abusing kids? We never hear about the, the we don't say, You know, they say, oh, the Catholic Church is a bunch of pedophiles when the percentages are at like two percent compared to the amount of abuse that happens in public school. The amount of abuse that happens in other religions that I'm not going to say um, in Judaism and and Muslim abuse happens there. But where's the where do we always focus on when we hear pedophilia? Oh, that's right. The Catholic Church. Hmm. So all these things, they just make me think, you know, they make me think. So, uh, Rosicrucianism, it's the ignition that, that sparks the light. Oh, the light bringer, you see devil, Lucifer, whatever, brings self-awareness. St. John the Baptist, who is a Gnostic, he is their God. He is their Jesus, John the Baptist. He's always, he was depicted a lot with a dove. John being the Templar patron, St. The dove symbol was heavily used in Templar and Rosicrucian's iconography. Also, John the Baptism, baptism is an alchemical process, you know, life, rebirth. And Rosicrucian's goal is not is alchemy, but not just turning lead to gold, but to be able to perceive reality on another level, to see a pattern within another and have the ability to be aware rather than unconscious. I just keeps thinking I got toothpaste and it's backwards on this thing. Okay. I did guys. Come on. You guys are my friends. Could you say, Jack, you got toothpaste on your lip. I just spent an hour and 17 minutes looking like a fool. Uh, but yeah, so I just found that also interesting because it's there. It it just reminds me again of all these believe like, um, this this meditation, trying to open doors, trying to get to another reality. whether it's use of drugs, uh, like of of, uh, of schizophrenics of uh, of hallucinogens, and this manifestation, this, this this worst, this this weird worship, this new age worship. That's what the Rosicrucians want. They wanted to hit this level of reality where truth was, where the angels or these angelic beings, which are really demons. Um, skeptics said they didn't notice. Good few dude. One time when I was in middle school, you guys know how self-conscious you are in middle school. My dad, he's very, he listened. I, he's very kind man. But, and this is how much it scarred me. In sixth grade, I sneezed before going on the bus and I said bye to him. And I get to the bus stop and like this girl that lived, was in my neighborhood who, you know, we, 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 were, we were sixth grade, you know, we liked each other or whatever. I had a huge booger, like huge on my chin right here. And she said, I think you have something there. That scarred me. I'm, I was twenty something years ago. So, all right, I know. I know you guys don't care about these stories, but I try. We can't just do all facts. And so this this ability, though, to um, I, I, to access this new level of knowledge, whatever this, literally sounds like the love and light, new age, wacko stuff. Does it not to you? It sounds exactly like that to me. And the rose light needs to reach from the heart to the brain using the third eye. And the heart, listen to your heart, uh, all those things. This is um, advice against in the Bible because the heart lies. It, it, it's very, confu- you know, and so I found it funny that the Rosicrucians wanted you to use your heart so uh, that they pushed that. Let me have a sip real quick. We're all, we're getting close to done. I hope you guys are enjoying. I think it's a good I love this book. I'm fast. I love this time period right now. Pirates and Um so adepts, they can complete this by using the spiritual forces which is which are all around them but are higher planes of reality and regular folks are not, a, not aware of them. So most simple the Rosicrucians a free thinker whose spiritual values values separate from his religious values. Leading closest to deism, what does it sound like? I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. That so are the Rosicrucians. So that's you're in great company. You're in a secret society that's trying to uh, cull the population and and turn you into like a a robot or a demon-possessed schizophrenic. Um, So hey, you're in good company. So keep being spiritual, not religious, and see how far that gets you. Because again. When you are open, you should always be open to new ideas. You should always be questioning. You should always be discerning. But when you don't have a set of rules or morals that you take seriously, you will do whatever. You know. Ah, thank you, skeptic. See, I needed that. Uh, the Bible calls the heart treacherous and desperate, and the Rosicrucians wanted you to listen to your heart. Uh, the knight's tent. Let's see. I I I always do ten pages. I have notes and I'm like, Oh, I can rock through 10. And then I just get, cause I love all you guys so much in the chat and you're always adding good info. I, I I've got to stop doing, i I should realize that's, I can't do 11 pages in under like an hour, 30 minutes. It's just too much. So uh, we got a little bit more and we'll save part two. Maybe I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll figure it out. So. Uh, how did the Knights Templar relate to Rosicrucian tradition? Well, the Templar orders, they were interested in magic, alchemy, Kabbalah, They were the hidden heirs, the hidden heirs of the Templars, the Rosicrucians, and they devised methods to pass some sacred knowledge through Freemasonry, through the through the Rosicrucian tradition, the Invisible College, which became the Royal Society. So the point I'm bringing up with the invisibles and the the, uh, Royal Society is this: is you have scientists that are also probably members of secret societies, but this is already we're seeing this in the 16, 1700s that science. There's a reason why the Catholic Church was afraid of it. It wasn't because they didn't want you to learn. It's because so- these scientists that were leading our world were not Christians. They weren't. So what are they? Science is to take place. And think of climate change. Hey, Amit, What's up, my buddy, man? What's going on, dude? Uh, but the, the science, it's it, you can see it's a religion. If you step like uh, global warming, climate change, whatever, if you question what the science tells you, you're a heretic. You're blasphemous. You are like a, a devil worshiper in, Christ, in, in, in church. And uh, that's scary. And you can see why. Listen to the experts. Listen, and they did that then, and they're doing that now. So the Templars, though, they applied sophisticated knowledge from the East, from like the assassins and all these Muslim secret societies, and they brought it in an ec- architecture, engineering, and many of the Templars would become Masons, actual bricklayers. And their bridges, cathedrals still exist to this day. And to build these cathedrals, you had to employ a master architect and men who could work with stone and mortar. And these men would come from far to work on projects that would take years to complete. And so in this era, I think I mentioned this, traveling was like almost kind of forbidden. It, it Like you couldn't really travel. And that wasn't really danger-wise. It was more like, who are you? What? what don't you have to tend the fields and so but masons had to so they didn't want to be robbed they didn't want to be arrested so what they would do is they needed to be housed fed and protected so they formed lodges and secret handshakes and secret code words and symbols so they could travel safely and identify fellow masons and i brought this up and get food and shelter i brought this last. this that's not that outrageous to me i these original masons though many of them were templars it wasn't it was somewhat secrets they they was very secret they wouldn't share their their secrets of how to build things but it wasn't they weren't doing occult rituals and things like that yeah scientists are the priests of the secular religion yeah Abs. scientism i i 180 million percent agree and um No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They formed a lot. And so a Freemason Lodge, which was mostly Templars, was for the the was kind of really started like a lodge of sorts in the 14th century. And the king at the time allowed it to go because he, he was, you know, he won the cathedrals. I don't know. But it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't the real Masons. And so this system is still in place today. This became our, our current trade union's. And in 1307, as we know, Templars are kicked out of France. They go underground. They go to Scotland to help Robert the Bruce. They go to Sicily and Portugal. Fellow travelers, do they refer to that? I don't know, skeptic. If you think, if you say it, I believe you. So I, that sound, that, I've never read that, but that, that sounds legitimate to me. Uh, Jeremy says, we also have a more sure word of prophecy Oh, the, to Peter one nineteen. we also have a more sure word of whereunto, ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Jeremy, can you elaborate while you, you put that? I would, I would love to hear that. Oh, see, David's heard it skeptic. If you two say it, it's true. I believe it. And so the St. Clair family of France they and the Sinclair family of Scotland were one of the same. And so in Scotland, they brought Roslyn Chapel, France, they brought the St. Soul piece, And supposedly the Roslyn Chapel was named for the rosy stream, another this that flowed from the Christ's wounds when crucified. That's what I would name a church after. I would name it big gaping holes in Jesus's hand. Just like, you know, I mean, going along this same logic or let's think uh, holes in head chapel um feet with nails church see as a christian is that what you would like to name your let's name it uh uh rosalind because all that blood that was coming out of jesus when they poked him what do you think great idea yeah i love it so we know that's not the end that we we just went over all the possible reasons why name the rosicrucians and near the chapel was the HQ of the Templars in Scotland. This this again, and uh, um, we talked about this last episode, St. Clair traveled to the New World because he had Templar maps that were Phoenician maps. He buried it in Oak Island, on and on and on. Go listen to that episode if you want to learn more. They're a fascinating family, fascinating chapel. Yeah, amazing. They're integral in Freemasonry and the Templars. And then in the 19th century, you had a huge resurgence of Rosicrucian society. Jules Verne, as we already talked about earlier, and high ups in Rosicrucian society created a new order. It was called, and uh, this is what who ruined it? Who ruined? Who broke it? Jeremy. Uh, in the 18th century, Jules Verne and other uh, Rosicrucians created a new order, Order of the Golden Dawn. So Rosicrucianism created Order of the Golden Dawn, having 144 members. I don't know if you might never heard this guy's name before. Um, I don't know. He's, he's pretty obscure. Aleister Crowley would eventually, he, he was a magician. If you guys didn't know who Aleister Crowley is, Jack Parsons was his buddy and he created the order of the golden dawn. And another guy was Bram Stoker. Who is Bram Stoker? Another member of the old, older order of the golden dawn. Oh, none other than the author of who wrote Dracula, which contains secret rituals of the Rose. Of, let's see. Drinking blood um crosses burn them gnostics so we can see the ties between dracula and the rose the, the order of the golden dawn i just that that i didn't know that so again we have all these i mean hg wells jules verne alice aldous huxley um and there's so many these guys are all members of robinson crusoe whoever wrote that i know that's the name of the book all members of these Rosicrucian secret societies writing Shakespeare. And that's, well, 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 that's next episode. That's next episode. A secret way to ask someone if they're a Freemason or are you traveling? Are you traveling, man? Coffins too, skull and bones. Ooh, Carl, yes. Hey, Jeremy, also a secret way, if you guys didn't know, a secret way to find out if you're a a fellow alcoholic, you'll say, are you a friend of Bill's? And so if you're ever in the airport or anywhere and you'll say, um, would you're like, uh, Jack Allen, um, your friend, Bill W is reaching out. Well, a friend of your friend of Bill W's, would you please report to gate seven to meet him? That's if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict and you're really struggling that day and you're at the airport, you're supposed to go to the person and say, could you say, uh, could Bill W please come to the. So it sounds like Mason's also are, might have infiltrated the uh, J.D. Salinger. I think you're right, too. Is there an old song? I was born a traveling man. Ooh. Ooh, and we I wouldn't be surprised you for nothing because we just went over all these authors that are secret societies and our current celebrities do the same exact thing. History rhymes over and over and over and over again. And Rosicrucianism, it was not just limited to Europe. By the time of the American Revolution, the organization known as, the, and so this answered this question for me, Scottish Rite Freemasonry, that was a Rosicrucian offshoot. It was, it was brought over during the Civil War and it, it, the, the fraternity, Tita's Rosa uh, Crucis was founded and we'll have more on that group later. So again, Order of the Golden Dawn, Scottish Rite Freemasonry. These are all Rosicrucian beliefs created by Rosicrucianism, maybe again to cast a wider net or because you need to change your name ever so often because event, you know, Rosicrucianism became relatively more popular or well-known in Europe. And uh, you, you, you need to change your name to stay, to stay. I knew Carl would get it. Hell yeah, Carl. Carl knew it. The Almond Brothers. That, that's awesome, Carl. Good job. Good job and we'll get more on those later. So yeah, I think we're going to stop it there. I'll do another one I can I might I was supposed to have a guest tomorrow. I might just keep doing this and keep rocking on this show, but then so the next episode is Sir Francis Bacon, who definitely was Queen Elizabeth's kid. This book doesn't say it was um Francis Drake like we talked about. It was uh another guy who who uh uh Robert Dudley who who impregnated the queen, but we're going to next, next up. This is might be a few series. Cause there's a lot of different topics. So this is going to go over Sir Francis Bacon, um, what his job was, what his power was um, Shakespeare, who wrote Shakespeare and John D that's the three topics for the next chapters. And dude, it, it gets, it just keeps getting better and better. David American red cross. What do they do? They're spied. They were created after uh, the Bolshevik revolution. Dude, guys, we are making some serious ground here. Rosicrucianism, everyone blames Freemasonry, and I'm not of that camp anymore. What happened to your videos on your channel? Uh, Dude, I take off, uh, like, if I do, like, a show with John or, like, whoever, I usually take those shows, and I just keep my shows on. I'll keep Nick Hinton's on for now, but because the people, I know I'm not going to say anything that's going to kick my channel off. And these most people, they care and they, but, you know, they're a little more free with what they say. You know, I don't talk about healthcare really and things like that. So I don't want to get it removed, but yeah. So next episode, which I might just do tomorrow, if your guys are around and you want to hang out, uh, Sir Francis Bacon, how he wrote Shakespeare and other people that wrote Shakespeare, John D and his history, what he, who he was, how he found his way, why, why history and science doesn't remember him, even though he was just as smart and we'll talk about um, Sir Walter Raleigh. See, this book is like the perfect second book from the Pirates episode. Yes, Jeremy. It uh, So Francis Bacon absolutely wrote many Shakespeare stories, but there was other Rosicrucians that were writing more. And wait till you guys hear that story. Just wait. Ooh, perfect last thing to end on. There are a thousand organizations all aligned against Jesus Christ. Damn, David. Show. Boom. I love it. John Brisham is radioactive. (laughs) He is, dude. He's a wild card. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. In a hardcover edition, there's a transparency overlay of bacon over a portrait Shakespeare. Guys, we're going to destroy Shakespeare. Destroy it. The guy was illiterate. He could only sign his name Only writings we have him six times. None of the signatures are the same. He was the son of a butcher, so in that time he or no, he was a butcher's apprentice. Not many butcher apprentices knew how to read and write in the 1500s. We're going to destroy Shakespeare, guys, and the symbolism in Shakespeare all Rosicrucian symbolism, all coded words. Last thing, Francis Bacon, he translated the King James version of the Bible. The forty. listen to this, the 46th word, and I believe Psalms, the 46th word, shake. 46th last word, spear. Boom, boom, boom. Crazy, right? So guys, I'm Jack Allen. Uh, go listen, to my Nick Hinton episode quality kind of sucks. Cause I screwed it up, but it was an awesome. If you guys like like more cult things, you're going to love. He's amazing. If you guys don't know him, you need to go buy his books. Brilliant young kid. Uh, he's, he's a brilliant guy. And thank you for coming. We had about 15 people here. I love you all so much. You guys are the best. Thank you for giving me so much fun. You guys like literally make my nights guys. Uh, I just can't thank you enough. You all a rock. Um, yeah, you rock. If you're not following me on Twitter, any of you, please, or Instagram, goddamn message me so I can follow you. I would love to talk to you guys more. Thank you, guys. The Hinton episode, you can listen to all the podcasts on all podcast platforms, and it's still on YouTube, Robert, if you, so, but it's all on my, my podcast feed. So go follow me at Code Jack Podcast, Robert, thank you for coming. I hope you, you learned something. Thanks for retweeting me, buddy. Seriously. And uh, at Kojak Podcast, you want to support the show, blah, blah, blah. Oh, last thing. I'm trying to give gifts to kid conspiracy parents at Kojak Podcast, David. Um, I'm trying to give conspiracy parents kids who uh, who can't afford Christmas gifts. So if you guys know anybody that's in our world that they're struggling because of the parasitical, usury, uh, incestuous, disgusting banking system, please let me know. A few people have offered to give some money too. if you if you have extra money, you want to donate. We got another. So we took care of one person. We got his kid um, a bunch of stuff. Another wonderful woman just reached out to me about her son. He wants, you know, kid stuff, Fortnite or whatever. I don't know. And that's like 60 bucks. So I'm trying to it's like under 100 bucks I'll spend on the kids. But if you want to donate, please, I would. And I would I'm going to retweet. I'm going to tweet it again if you guys can retweet it. I, will, I would love to help as many people as I can. Um, you know, these parents, th- th- these the kids, Christmas, they deserve gifts. So, and I would much rather give m- my money to them than to goddamn the Red, the Rosicrucian Cross or any other stupid uh, charity. So please, guys, I'll tweet it tomorrow. If you can retweet it or you know anybody, DM me at Kojak Podcast. I love y'all. God bless. I'll see you. I'm on tomorrow, regardless. So, I'll see you tomorrow. All right, everybody. Thanks. Bye.
2: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.